The following video contains explicit language that may be offensive to some viewers and or be inappropriate for small children, barnyard animals, or the entire state of Iowa. Viewer discretion is advised. I'm, uh, I'm out of tea. I'm out of tea. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, those of you who haven't decided upon a gender yet, and no, I am not hypocritical enough to assign them. <clears throat> Welcome to yet another episode of Blab the Show. I'm Murphy, and joining me, as usual, is my one and only co-host, only because the other one quit on us, Big Daddy Decaf. How are you, my friend? What? 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 What, what? what was with the, hi- what was what? the hypocritical? <laughs> Well, in your literally cats and dogs episode, you said Murphy isn't brave enough to assign you a gender. And then you went on about cisgendering and other things like that. And I still look. I support people if that's their thing. I still don't fully understand it. But I don't have to understand it to respect other people's wishes on it, right? Uh, uh-oh. Uh-oh, you about to get beat down by my daughter. You gonna get me down, man. She, she's 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 doing like artwork with uh, pansexual flags. So, that's, I mean, that's fine. That's <laughs> fine. Look, that's the thing, dude. I'm a, I'm an old white guy. Okay, look, I'm an old white guy. I don't have to understand it, but I do have to respect it, and that's what I do. Like, I don't claim to understand all of the categories and all of the uh, abbreviations. I don't. And honestly, I I I I just I don't think I'm ever going to. <laughs> I just want people to be happy and be who they are, and uh, we have to respect that. That's what's well, most what, important. What they, well, what thing I would say is that <laughs> for you, ladies and gentlemen out Man. there who think Murph, who, who think Murph is a total asshole, he, he, he really isn't. He has really supported everybody coming out years ago, way back in the studio of uh, expressing yourself and being who you are, and. You know, coming out when it was harder at the time, especially for uh, I remember our, our transgender friend. Uh, yeah, Foxy. Uh, Foxy, and you know, and that's the whole thing. It's like you've always been a real supporter. That I tell you, it's it's it's, it's uh, yeah, most what... most of it's apathy. Most of it's just that I don't care enough about other human <laughs> beings. <laughs> but uh... <laughs> oh yeah, we know we know that we know that. <laughs> <laughs> Man, so, ladies. So what? yeah, no tea. I mean, I need a drink. I'm out of tea. I'm out of tea. My 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 teacup is empty because I had a cup of tea before when I sit down to get all the shit prepared for tonight. So I don't have so a beverage. It, so so is my audio actually correct tonight too? I don't know. We'll see. I mean, it's not. Right, you're not totally on. blown out. As long as you don't, as long as you're not shouting into the mic, we'll be fine. All right, I'll shout away for the mic. There you go. DWG, white woman, bring me my beverage. <laughs> Hurry the fuck up. I'm surprised that you don't shout at her and call her colonizer or oppressor. <laughs> nah, I can't call her oppressor. She's too young to understand the word. The DWC. No, but- there you go. You call her the DWC, <laughs> the drunk white co- the <laughs> drunk white colonizer. That'd be her. <laughs> drunk white colonizer. <laughs> Folks, welcome to Blab the Show. I'm Murphy. That's Decaf, the show where every week we take one topic and beat the living hell out of it. Um. That's- Judging that I'm not getting no drink right now. I must be, maybe she can't hear my audio. Hey! You hear my audio? <laughs> yeah. 
No, it's, from, no, it's, it's, a, it's an interesting thing. So one thing I always do now with the DWG is like, uh, if you're going to be part of the show, you got to be part of the show. So I had her watch our topic of the night. Where's my, uh-oh. And then she then yeah. she checks the audio and makes sure everything sounds okay. She's like the quality you know, assurance bathing. intern. Come in here. She's sunbathing. This is what Vegas is like right oh. now, man. It's already like 90 degrees here. I guess you can hear myself through the show. Uh, thank you, man. She's got she's got her phone sticking out of her sticking out of her tits there, and 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 that's how she's listening to it. She's she's doing she's doing colonizer and oppressor things, and uh, oh my god, she's got you a mug that says "I love Brenna." Oh my god. Yeah. <clears throat> she's running around with her phone sticking out of her top, and and my voice is coming out of her tits. How great is that? All right. <laughs> I mean, it's a highlight of my night right there. All right, folks. So tonight's topic is one that's near and dear to both our hearts. Um, it is one of the greatest horror movies of all time. But before we say which one it is, Decaf, what are you drinking tonight? <laughs> I'm drinking Brenna and... <laughs> I'm drinking some Bridget and I think this is like Dr. K... Zero oh. percent cherry soda oh, because I'm back to back to drinking sugar free sodas and shit, man. Because uh, other sodas are killing me. So, so yeah, let's chase it down. It's it's ghetto. It's ghetto. Yeah, you're living you're living the ghetto, ghetto fantastic ghetto. right there, aren't you? <laughs> so so you don't get no tea, man. You, you, I drank it all. I drank it all. No, I'm fine. I'm fine. Maybe I'll grab a seltzer here in a, in a minute or so. But no, for a right salsa. now, a seltzer. I'll salsa. get a seltzer. <laughs> My, um, I, you know, my neighbors uh, across the street. You gonna have a sink? You gonna drink some sanka to go to <laughs> My neighbors across the street, um, uh, older Jewish couple. I love them to death. They're absolutely fantastic people. Um, he called me yesterday. Had a complete meltdown about his computer. He's not a Mac guy. He's he's new to the Mac world, newish to the Mac world. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm like over there last night trying to help him, and he's like. He's just just your usual old Jewish guy, and I just love him so much. He's just fantastic, and I'm just the, the like accent, the, the accent, oh, the accents. Like, he's from Chicago. He's from Chicago, so he's uh, got this. <laughs> he's from Chicago, and his wife's from New York, so it's it's very much your stereotypical. I love the. Uh, he's like, do, do you want a drink? I'm like, no, I'm okay. And he's telling me about the about the drinks that they usually have for Seder and for Passover, and I'm like, oh man, this is great. <laughs> I love it. I have the stereotypical Jewish neighbor. Absolutely love it. it, it he's he's in his he's in his seventies. He's in his seventies, and he still works. He, he's gone back to work because he does. Uh, he works with medical stuff, and he's he's dealing with that because of COVID. <laughs> it's pretty funny. <clears throat> All right, DKF, what are we talking about tonight? We are talking about one of the best horror movies of all time: Evil Dead Two. Evil I- Dead Two. And I had DWG sit down and watch it. Yeah, <laughs> I had to. I had to bribe her to watch it so she could talk about it. Had she? Has tonight. she ever seen Evil Dead One? Oh, she so she she Evil missed Dead. out on some of the some of the key parts of Evil Dead. Then <laughs> her back of her eyelids missed out on some of the key parts of Evil Dead. Oh. <laughs> nah, no, she. Well, she'll she'll talk about. It. We'll we'll go through it, man. But. But for me, I don't give a shit. I'm like, you watched it. And I, so I had to uh, paint her nails and toenails. Oh, all I right, saw the photos it, of you painting her nails. But, she put it any, on She put it on Facebook. We all saw it. But anything for the show, man. You see a dedication yeah, that's it. Mm-hmm. to the show. Mm-hmm. 
Not because of her, bitch. All right. So anyway. <laughs> All right. You ready for the tale of the tape? That horribly horror. It was not oh, horribly It's horror, not horrible. Bitch. It's absolutely wonderful. All right. Tale of the tape. Evil Dead 2, released March 13th, 1987, was filmed in North Carolina. Uh, 1987. That's eight years after the original was filmed in Tennessee. Um, weird things about this. And this, I don't want to turn this whole episode into... <clears throat> trivia and technical tidbits, but the first one they sh- they shot in a um, <coughs> in a cabin in Tennessee that they basically had renovated, tore some parts out, things like that. The second one they had a ton more money to do, and they actually shot it um, in North Carolina. They shot it not only in a cabin; there was a cabin where they had done some stuff, but most of it was filmed on sets in an abandoned high school. So they filmed uh, they they built sets in the gymnasium. So they built there. Their production office was the library and some of their other offices and like green rooms for the uh <laughs> for the talent were the classrooms so um it was it was yeah, a, yeah it was uh it's it's so i watched myself just because I, I i love it i watched the watching evil dead to live stream uh, from 2021 with bruce campbell where bruce <clears throat> folks if you haven't seen this please find it it's out there on the internet. You can find it. Bu- <coughs> Excuse me, man. I am coughing up a storm tonight. You can find it in a bunch of places. Bruce is sitting there, and he's watch. You're watching the movie together, and he's here. He's sitting. They've got the 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 movie over like here, and you've got this little Bruce Campbell in the corner. And every once in a while, they swap it, and he'll pause it and tell stories. So the 87 minute movie takes almost you know two and a half hours because he keeps pausing it to tell stories, and he has this great story about what it took to to get the the high school so they they had to go to this town hall meeting uh, and to the town council and um, there were a bunch of people there that all wanted to use the high school for one thing or another and bruce now a lot of people know bruce yes bruce is the is the star of the movie franchise he's also a producer and he helped write it so i mean he was involved in all aspects of the production so they're in front of this town council and the people ahead of him they want to use the old school as an outreach center. And it's a great idea. They've got no money. They've got zero dollars to do this. And like Bruce can see, like the guys sitting there that are listening, they're yawning, they're, you know, um, looking at papers, moving around things, not paying attention to what's going on. <clears throat> so Bruce knows what's up. So Bruce, his, Bruce's attorney says, well, guys, here's the thing. We want to make a movie, um, you know, and this is what we want to do this. And he works his way down the line, each of the six members. And basically what ends up happening is one guy's like, oh, well, you want to turn this, the gymnasium into a set. Well, I'm a contractor, so you're going to need someone to build you a large access door. He says, absolutely, I definitely need someone. And they went down the line and everybody on the council had some sort of business. One guy had a lumber yard. Another guy had a security company. <clears throat> and he basically just said, yes, we will give you money to do this. He basically admitted that they bought their way <laughs> into getting this because the, the high school only cost them $500 a month to rent, but they had to pay thousands of dollars out for other things <laughs> in order to, uh, to the council and to the surrounding area in order to basically bribe their way in and make the movie. <laughs> Excuse me. And that's I like that that if you can find it out there, that watching Evil Dead 2 stream with Bruce Campbell is absolutely amazing. I would highly recommend everyone watch it. Yeah, now that that is cool. Oh, DWG Haldo. You're a negative 10 when that movie came out there, DWG. Yeah, yeah. Negative 10. <laughs> hey, I need to take a quick break. Can you stall for a second? I need to get a drink and I'm gonna get a uh, I'm gonna get a cough. <laughs> cough drop. Those of you watching live, I apologize, but I can't keep coughing into this goddamn microphone. Decap, <laughs> stall, stall. 
All right, I will stall. Hi, everybody. <laughs> You're listening to Bladder the Show. And uh, I just want to say, since uh, Murph is off uh, microphone, <laughs> you know, um, the thing is with uh, Evil Dead itself, Evil Dead 2 is, um, is a real big family movie, I mean, for us growing up. And um, when my brother uh, brought it home, it was my brother Craig, he brought it home and stuff, and we started watching it. I think we originally did watch the first one, and then the first one is the second one is kind of a remake of the first one, right? But it was the matter of the um, family dynamic that we. Uh oh, <laughs> what's going on? Oh, <laughs> uh, it's gonna echo through the microphone. <laughs> yeah, all right. So now we're stalling, but. Right, he's probably gonna just cut that out of the show completely. <laughs> no, so as I was saying, I was telling the story about uh, how my family was um, so dedicated to watching the movie. So it's a matter of not it's not just a, a horror movie, but for my family, it was truly a family movie. Everyone watched it. All my brothers, all my sisters, my mom. We all loved the loved the movie. So it was un- it was playing around the house. I think it. I think it sometimes got played maybe three times or four times a week on VHS. That's how much we watched Evil Dead Two growing up. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was that. It was that popular for the for our for our household, and, and that's the thing. It's just like we love it. And then my brother took off as a big fan of Sam Raimi after that, and what you know, Hercules, and you know, Hercules, Hercules, and everything like that. Yeah, so it was like Sam Raimi, and then Spider Man, of course, and stuff yeah. like that. But we'll go down that road. But welcome back. You got Thanks. your tea? You, you, no, you I just I just grabbed it. a <clears throat> grabbed a seltzer. Um, <laughs> you know, it's funny you mentioned about Evil Dead be, Two being a constant in your house. It 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 was for me as well. Not so much with my family, but me. Um, I probably watched the movie a dozen times a month for a while there. Um, and I mean, it's such a good movie, and there's some things about it that people don't understand. Like if you don't watch Evil Dead One, like you've kind of missed out on a big part of the story. But one of the common complaints that people have about Evil Dead 2 is they're like, why would Ash go back out into the woods? He doesn't. He doesn't. If you watch Evil Dead 1, the end of Evil Dead 1, the entity in the forest slams into him. That's the end of the movie. Yeah. Evil Dead 2, the beginning of Evil Dead 2 is a recap, but because they didn't own the rights to their own movie, they couldn't just show the same clip. They couldn't just yeah. they couldn't use, reuse that footage. They had to shoot entirely new, and they couldn't get all the same actors and actresses. So they just shot and sh- shot and reshowed the portion that was important, and that was them going out into the woods, her giving him, him giving her that stupid necklace that Bruce Campbell hates, um, entity coming out into the woods, killing everybody, and then literally Ash getting possessed, and that's the last thing that really happens. And Evil Dead 2, the actual movie, picks up right where the other one leaves off. And it's funny that they did that so badly in Evil Dead 2, because again, they repeated the same thing as badly as they did for Army of Darkness. The recap for Army of Darkness was just as badly done. Yeah, it was totally different. Yeah, I wonder, did they roll it purposely because they already did it? Maybe. I I think I've only seen seen the first Evil Dead a few times, uh, maybe once or twice. That was it. It was really Evil Dead 2 was the the hook for me, you know, and everything like that. So, but, uh, 
Yeah. So, oh, I was gonna bring up uh, yeah, of the of the Evil Dead trilogy. Is two your favorite? I would say two is my favorite to my heart, but Army of Darkness is probably my favorite when it comes to actual <laughs> the one-liners and everything. Oh, like it's that, full of, of them. It's full. Well, it's, I mean, Ash yeah. has no. Ash has almost no lines in Evil Dead Two because yeah. you know a full third of the movie, even more, is just Ash by himself Ash. out in the out in the woods. And, then, and there's there's this and, great story again, not to turn this into a trivia fest, but um, so. Uh, Okay, do you know that without Stephen King, Evil Dead 2 wouldn't have been made? No, I did not know that. So here's here's the story, and this leads into leads into Dino De Laurentiis. So Evil Dead 2 is going to happen. They hire a bunch of crew. They start doing things, but then they can't get the financing they need to really do the movie. Now, the first movie that was made for 300, 350 or so thousand dollars. They know they're going to need at least that much to start shooting 2, they're not getting anything. The, um, the one problem was between after Evil Dead 1, they shot um, a movie called Crime Wave, which was written by the Coen brothers of all things. But it kind of was like, eh, it landed kind of flat. People really didn't like it. It didn't really, it didn't, really didn't make any money. So getting financing for Evil Dead 2 was really difficult. So one of the crew members that had been hired on for Evil Dead, or for Evil Dead 2, like, basically had to like, hey, folks, we got to let you all go. As soon as we can get more money to going, we'll bring you all back. She went, and at the exact same time, Stephen King had started directing his first film. I don't know if it was his first film, but it was only one of his films he ever did, which was Maximum Overdrive. Yeah, that's And the crew member gets hired on there. Now, Stephen King had a great relationship with Sam Raimi and Bruce Campbell and, was, and helped them with Evil Dead 1. So during the shooting of, of Maximum Overdrive, this crew member said to King, like, yeah, because King's the director, coked out of his mind, by the way. Um, he openly admits the reason Maximum Overdrive was so bad is because he was on so much coke at the time. But he goes, they go to King and like, yeah, you know, I started working in Evil Dead 2 with Bruce and with Sam, and it was great, but they don't have any money. And, Sam, and King's like, what? This movie's fantastic. How do they not, th this movie needs a sequel. How do you not get the money for this? So Stephen King goes to his producer, Dino De Laurentiis. Dino De, De, and for those of you that don't know that name or you think you may have heard it somewhere, Dino De Laurentiis is a Italian producer who is there's so much stuff out there that's an that's a Dino De Laurentiis movie. Look it up. There's even stuff today that Dino De Laurentiis is still attached to. So, huge deal is made. King goes back to him and says, "Look, here's the deal. I really want these guys to make this film. What do we need to make happen?" They have a meeting with Dino. Dino's like, yeah, we can do this. So Dino De Laurentiis winds up being the one who finances the movie and gets it going. And with with Stephen King's help, they get about uh, $3.4, $3.5 million to shoot this movie. Wow. So without that, they can't, um, they can't, that, you know, without Stephen King, they don't get the movie made. Funny other thing about that is Dino De Laurentiis is a member of the MPAA. And has a contract that basically says any movie that he makes has to be a rated film. So it has to have a rating. So when they started shooting this, after a while, they got into, they knew what they were going to be doing. They saw what the content was. They didn't put Dilo Dilorentis's name on it because they didn't think that the movie was going to be able to get an R rating. And when they first released it, it didn't. It got an X rating. So they were going to release it unrated. But since Dino De Laurentiis has to release rated movies, his name Evil Dead Two was rated as it was, an X. When it was first, when it was first released, yeah. Um, they did everything they could to make it R, but you know, fifty-five gallon drum of blood, blood yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's why when you when the movie first opens, it opens with that rosebud. 
Corporation, not with a Dilo De Laurentiis film, which oh, okay, I was wondering yeah. about that, and that, and that's why, that's why. Well, also because Rosebud had to be created because they didn't, they wanted to retain the rights to the film, which they did, because New Line had the lights, the rights to the first one, which they couldn't use, and that's a whole other thing on its own. <laughs> Sorry, again, I don't want to turn this into a who knows more about Evil Dead because I'm sure there's someone out there who knows tidbits that I don't know, but the, some of the things like there's some stuff out there, especially watching that. The watches with Bruce Campbell and just stuff I've known throughout the years. The financing of Evil Dead and Evil Dead 2 and Army of Darkness is a really interesting story. Like Evil Dead 1, they basically went around to businesses in Michigan where they lived and they were talking to people and getting donations. One of their big um, financers was a dentist. <laughs> like there's a guy they got like, I think they got like $80,000 from him. So like the way man, that they, didn't, I know dentists would be making so much money. Well, man, the way shit. that's, the, but rather than going to a finance company or like a Dino De Laurentiis, they went and they crowdfunded their own movie back in the day before crowdfunding was a thing. That's what they did. You had people donating or not donating, but you know, contributing $500, $1,000 here and there. So yeah. Um, do, you, do you think, do you, do you think real fast, do you think for that time, it's a difference, you know, and because everybody like at the, during that time, I know like my brother was one to do film and there everyone was so big and wanted to be part of a film or a oh. movie. It's a big thing, but now it's so constant and so often do people feel like it's not even like it's it lost that luster to like be or anything or you. No, know, I don't think so. Make a lot of luster. I, I don't think it lost its luster. I think, or... I think the ability to because create so many, content has so gotten many... easier now. Yeah, it's got easier, but uh, I see so many movies like the producers and stuff are actors or whatever in mm-hmm. this show that are executive producers, so they can yeah. get that double, but they get that that double portion of it. So I was just wondering if it's just like, or or I mean, it's but you know with like two B and all these different channels now. Do you think it's got? You, you think it's better though? You think I, I don't people know if have it's... a more independent film, or it's like. You know, I don't know. I just want to. I, I, I see what you're saying. I don't think it's lost its luster. I think because it's now so much easier to make. I mean, with an iPhone, you can shoot, you know, a movie with iPhone. It's so much yeah. easier to make and edit and distribute a film now. It makes it makes the process easier, which means there's a lot more crap out there. I mean, there really is yeah. a lot more crap. But it also means that there are some passion projects are getting made, which back in the day didn't happen. You know, you, you'd have actors like like Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman, I think he's famously said that he wanted to do musicals. And in order to be able to do musicals, he had to be Wolverine. So a lot of actors had to do like those big name, big budget Hollywood summer movies to get enough credit and enough validity so that they could turn around and do the smaller passion projects and do things like, you know, The Music Man or, you know, His Les Mis. It, it takes a lot. It, it Now... It's not as hard to do that. Now, again, the other side of that is there's a lot more crap out there, and there's a lot more places yeah. to watch crap, and there's a lot more crappy movies. But that's not just on the smaller indie circuit. That's also on the larger side. But, I mean, when you look at horror movies in particular, horror movies have always been kind of low budget. Um, and the big budget ones aren't necessarily better. Some of the best horror movies out there are sh- shot on small budgets, you know, and, and done done by small independent groups. Uh it's just now there's more ways to get it out there. And, and uh, again, not necessarily a good thing for some of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. Oh, I was going to, uh, I was going to bring up, um, the making, cause I was looking to see about what, what, uh, 
did it get any nominations for anything at the oh, time? I think it did. And it's in a, yeah, well, it's, I think uh, it got like a, like a Saturn award, didn't well, it? Or... Yeah, Saturn. Yeah, yeah, Saturn, not Sunday. Saturn. So, yeah, it was nominated for Saturn. But the guy who did the makeup, his name is um, Mark Shostrom, mm-hmm. right? And I was looking at his, uh, what he did. He, he worked on The Bride of Frankenstein, mm-hmm. he worked on uh, Planet of the Apes. Um, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Let's see if any of the popular ones. He Freddy's was Revenge, Phantasm Two. Yeah, he did a lot know, of it, stuff. <clears throat> yeah, you know, for it's a it's a, a nice career. And I was wondering, like, we're like for for a movie of the budget because I think uh, they they only made five point six million. So I don't know if it was considered to be a bust for a horror movie of a budget of three million, or is that like a successful film because they did a lot of video and sales and. Well, so it's like become, that, or, or, or was it considered? Was it is a cult classic? That means it was a bust. Like I mean, it didn't. It didn't fiction, become. Pulp Fiction wasn't a bust, but it's a cult, cult classic. But yeah. like Willy Wonka, the Chocolate Factory was what they considered to be a bust too, but it became a cult classic. So, but uh, do you? But when you get guys like that together, is it that that it, it was pure just pulling? People together, like you said, just like a friend of a friend. That's a friend of a friend of a friend. Well, they they actually had they got they hired real people. And you know the funny thing is, like a lot of people got their start on that film. You mentioned you know the guy who did the effects. He had three guys with him. Those three guys went on to form a special effects company. I think it's called HNB or HNK. It's the it's the initials of the three guys. They're the ones that have done all the effects for the Walking Dead series. So uh, you had oh, people. They're all great. All great. Nick and Terrell. Yeah. 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 They, yeah. they, they moved on to do that. Um, I think you had a lot of people who were, you know, it was their first time on a lot of other people. They were rounding. They were finishing up their careers. One of the guys who was in it, um, uh, he wound up going on to be a uh, he was a host on QVC for like 25 years on the shopping channel. Another woman, she um, she went on to be um she went on to be the uh, um, soap star f- forever. And a yeah. Day. So, I yeah. mean, it, it kind of, you know, you've got it, it. Some people started their career. Some people were in the middle of their career. Some people end. I think given that this movie had more of a budget than the first one did, um, they were able to get real professionals in there, though. It wasn't like, you know, you know, there's all those famous stories of the first one with what they had called the Ram cam, which they turned. They kept using in the second film, um, you know, famously, whatever the camera pushes through something back in the day in in one that was a camera on a stick now it's a professional camera on a rig with metal forks out front to break the glass so you're not shattering the glass with the lens um and it also you know that budget allowed them to do um more complex shots um one of the most complex shots in the film is in the very beginning and that's when um ash gets hit by the entity and is thrown through the forest and as he's being thrown through the forest that is you know, the way that they did that, they had to find this stretch of highway that was had trees on either side and was relatively flat and smooth. No, the, the, the beginning or the ending? In the beginning, in the beginning. When okay. he gets hit by the entity and it throws him through the forest and he's spinning in the camera. So okay, they, that's okay, that's okay. That's <coughs> Because I know there's another one at the end where he goes fly, you know, he's... Yeah, right. Kind of and the that's tunnel. at the end. That's okay. into the into yeah. the into the so, rift. Okay, so, so you're you talking about the first yeah. one. I, I, I just saw that again today... And I was like, wow, that is a really, really cool effect. Even today, the way that he that he was in doing the, the circles of the forest. Yeah. yeah that was really so cool. He's on, I, hardly ever, I hardly ever see that that 
done in movies. So he's on a rig. He's on a rig. So there's a car. Oh, he's on a rig with wow. a rig with, awesome. a, with a crane arm that he's attached to that he's spinning on. He's and literally spinning. He's literally spinning. He's literally spinning. The camera wow. sits stationary. He's spinning, <laughs> and they're driving. They're driving this. It's on a. It's on a. It's on a truck, and you've got people. It's tilted in a way. There are people on either side that are coming at and hitting him in the face with all the branches. Um. There's a there's a bunch of shots like that in the film where they really um where they really have to kind of did, do did that. He do, did, did he do all his own stunts or did not all of them? Not all of them. No, he he did famously have to have a um famously he did have to have a stunt double for for a good number of them. There are most in there are him. Um, you know, and it's it, it's funny you know when you watch that watching with him. Um, you know, he's talking about how he's 28 years old and they're smashing his head into the ground when, you know, when, when, the, when the, the, the first half of the film is, is Ash by himself. And the second half of the film, all of a sudden he's the bad guy. Cause no one knows who he is. And again, that was one of the things that Dilo, I didn't even get back to that point. Dino De Laurentiis hated the fact that it was just Ash by himself, not interacting with him. It was like, you can't have a guy by himself in a cabin for a half hour. And they did. They, they, they literally did. <laughs> Um, but yeah, when when the when the daughter and the and everybody shows up and they they come to this cabin and they find this weird guy in the cabin and there's blood and stuff everywhere. He's missing a hand. And they show up. They start smashing his head into the ground and beating the hell out of him. <laughs> I. But yeah, the the money that they had allowed them to do shots like that and to do things like what, the what, what, the what blood gag. The, what, what did they use for the plates to smash over his head? Because it, it didn't seem like. <laughs> It, did, it wasn't glass, but it wasn't like, no, they're, like cheap. No, they're pottery. So it's it's a breakaway pottery. So what they do is they take oh, okay, this pottery, pottery and they, they only lightly fire it in the kiln. They don't fire it the whole time in the kiln. So it's just enough for it to get hard. And then they glaze it with the paint so it's white. So when you smash it over the head, it breaks. Yeah, it's yeah, it is it is a breakaway, and they're same with like sugar glass with the glasses and things like that. It's yeah, but it 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 really it broke over, and and then they had to go in and add all the sound effects in, and it's you know um, the sound effects for that. You know, it's funny that movie. It was a movie that they shot with they shot it with twenty four track audio, but it was still analog audio in in mono, so it didn't even have like stereo left and right. You had like mono sound right out of the middle. <laughs> but they had to go in and yeah. add a they they built their own sound their their own sound stage basically and excuse me their own sound effects studio so they could do things like add in the breaking glass sound or the and all that stuff yeah the best the best yeah. sounds in that film i think despite you know you've got a lot of like the whispering and the the voices and stuff and a lot of that is sam raimi sam raimi loved to do that stuff but the best sound in the film is the montage where they're taking the chainsaw and getting it ready and and putting it on his arm the sounds of that are so perfect and there it's it's funny too because when you watch the film there are parts of the film that are very quiet and you know something's gonna happen there's, there's no soundtrack there's no sound effects so and then something big happens so that it, having an appreciation for those quiet times makes those times where the sound is really its own character it makes it even better like i said that scene where like they're they're strapping the the chainsaw to his hand and putting the blade on the sound in that is done phenomenally well so, uh, so uh, DWG brought up something that I brought up earlier. The when he at the very beginning, when he's running through the house, they're breaking the walls and stuff like that. And was that was that all on? Uh, I think is that what you're talking about too? That, that was, was a lot of that was in part? the sets. A lot of that was the sets when they were in the gymnasium that they built. 
Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. But did they have someone like like follow when when it was mm-hmm. it just like camera following them, or was it like an actual <clears throat> crew like? like controlling and going through or, they had or... they had a couple of different rigs for doing it one of the things that they did and they used it in evil dead one is they laid out these planks on the ground and they had a camera and sam Raimi holding it sitting in a wheelchair and someone pushing him in the wheelchair to get some of those following shots so so the so uh, was it all just breakaway wood kind of thing mm-hmm. you know like how the like the incredible hook had when every time you bust through the wall you can see like the plastic hanging down from <laughs> some of it was breakaway wood some was breakaway glass like when um <laughs> when Linda's corpse comes up on the hill and the head <laughs> the dance scene for the corpse when she gets to the house and breaks through the glass yeah a lot of it's breakaway stuff and again yeah. that's the famous ram cam that's a camera on a stick uh, with with metal forks to break the glass and that and that is when the famous line came out for DWG what in the hell am I watching <laughs> <laughs> when she came from the ground and started ah! Ah, but you know, I, I I I really don't you know. I'm so used to seeing the movie, hearing it. I don't really realize that they don't really ha- they don't have a soundtrack for not much of one or even uh, not much of one. Not, they don't have very much music or anything in there, you know. Except for they sing songs and shit, you know. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, it's funny that baby, don't say. Yeah. it's like the yeah, it's like the music is part of or you know the the the. The videotape that they play of oh the, the audio uh, tape the audio tape from the old Parasonic the tape is like, yeah. yeah so so it's like it, it it does provide like background sound and well, stuff like that and yeah. in the beginning of the movie when they're showing the recap Bruce is playing the piano which he doesn't do uh, and they replay that song later on as he's sitting there over her her corpse I mean <laughs> okay so <clears throat> you brought up in our in our when we were talking about this the other day you you asked you wanted to talk about um. The best effect shot, the worst effect shots, and the best one-liners. So let's talk about the worst effect shots in the film. Because, again, this is a film that came out in 1987. It has some pretty bad effects in it. Which are your? What are your worst effects in it? I think my, my, my worst effect, well, it's kind of hard because it is 87. So, mm-hmm. But it did look like uh, the the puppetry kind of, you know. Because after, after it was so impressive in the thing, right? The thing was 1982, but the budget, I'm sure, on the thing, you know, the budget. Well, you got John Dan Carpenter like, versus. It's a massive yeah. budget. So so you used to see, like, the, you know, the animation of the of, of the alien, like, so amazing. But and even then, they still had to look like, remember Clash of the Titans? Oh, yeah, they're like, still using stop motion on. animation. Yeah. Yeah, it was like, it's like. Hey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know exactly what part you're talking about, too. <laughs> With after long neck and after yeah. Henrietta comes out of the out of the basement, yeah. she's got that yeah, long neck. Yeah, long neck. <laughs> that that uh, a lot of that Henrietta stuff for me is is the worst stuff in the film. It's funny you talk about that, like the stop motion animation, but also one thing they relied heavily on in that film and in in the first film was shooting things in reverse. Like a lot of times, like um, in the first film and especially in the second film, when. Um, when the the friend runs out into the woods and she gets wrapped up by all the vines, that's all done in reverse. Like so, they they wrap her up and they shoot it, and you have to try and react mm. backwards. You know, yeah. Same with also, like. So they tied it. Okay, that makes more sense because mm-hmm. I was wondering. It's like I said, that's a pretty cool scene, you know. And I was telling uh, I was telling DWG, I was like. You know, you gotta be ready for the best animation. The best you know, uh, <laughs> scene of the movie is when the vines wrapped around her, but they filmed it backwards. Yeah, yeah. So they put it all on her, and then they, and then they have to take it backwards. Yeah. Back. 
that's yeah. Cool, Acting right? and a lot of the film has that. A lot of I mean, there's that. There's the scene with the um, the eyeball when Henrietta's head's and halfway I, out of yeah, the and the eyeball yeah, flies out of her into the, into the, into Bobby Joe's mouth. Yeah. That's in reverse because she just yeah. It, it, it's it's it, it, that not great, not great. <laughs> the, the reverse action and the stop motion animation. Um, for me, the the worst scene in the the worst chrome uh, FX shot in the movie is that the. Uh, animation, the stop motion animation, where it goes from um, Henrietta's head, which is which is Ted Raimi, by the way, in a fat suit. <clears throat> it morphs from her into whatever that weird demon thing with the neck is. That is terribly. That is that's the worst one in the film. Um, another really terrible one, and this is not even that big of a deal, but um, you know, one of the things that they establish early on in the film, you know, Ash is, is in, he's, he's possessed, but when the sun comes up, then the, 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 the entity, the spirit in the woods, yeah, it can't, it can't, it can't survive. It goes away. So after, you know, he's basically, and he lands in the puddle, he gets like five minutes of daylight cause he's passed out in the forest. The scene where they, um, well, the puddle was like the puddle was so small, and yeah. then like when he was going down, and then he was like halfway like in a pool and shit. <laughs> but the scene where it gets dark again, the chroma shot with with Ash and this massive sun going down behind was yeah, like, come on, guys, come on. It was overkill. overkill. <laughs> you know what, my the the worst the worst effect shot in the film for me. It's again, it's a Henrietta shot. So it's at the end. And it's when Henrietta is suspended from the ceiling and spinning around. So it's a two part. It's 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 bad for two reasons. So one, uh, you can see where the suit doesn't match up in the crotch. So there's like a big hole in the crotch. So you can see it's a suit. It's terrible looking. Um, but the other thing is, so that suit, this is shot in North Carolina in the summer. It's hot. It's humid. And um, that's Ted Raimi, Sam Raimi's brother, in a fat suit. And there's <laughs> you imagine what's your stake? There's no air conditioning in that suit. And the the FX guys they they kind of they would keep track of how much sweat um, Ted would would sweat in a day. They had these Dixie cups, and they would take the booties because he because Henry. I mean, even the feet were fat. They would take the booties and they would pour out the sweat to see how much is kept in there. And in that scene where Henrietta is spinning in the ceiling, it zooms in on the face. And I love this. Bruce pointed this out. I, I'd never noticed it before until I saw it. They zoom in on Henrietta's face. And when they do, heads tilted to the side like this, and a seam or something splits on the fat suit, and sweat squirts out of the ear. <laughs> Go back and watch it. You'll see sweat just squirts out of the ear. Um, Yanner from the chat room, I want to I want to point out something real quick. That yeah, yeah, yeah. Yanner says, "My brother and I tried to watch a thing where we watched the worst zombie movies possible. We got through one, got forty five minutes in the second one before we decided it was too much. The second one had nonstop visual effects like the yellowing and cracking old film type thing. Um, there is some there is some effects work in there that some some digital." stuff in there that uh or not digital some overlay stuff to make it look old and grainy um <laughs> yeah, the, 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 when they went to green did they run did they run out of blood they didn't Is run out of blood happened? no no so what that was <laughs> what that was was an attempt that was an attempt to not use blood everywhere to try and get an r rating oh, so there's a couple of places where they use green okay. whereas uh, that's after what they hack off um 
He hacks off somebody's head. Hacks off somebody's head. And, oh, um, think, oh, yeah, yeah, with the axe. Yeah, the, 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 and the, the bile squirts everywhere. Yeah, the bile yeah. squirts everywhere. And then there's another one where it's all black. Yeah, they, that was just them trying to maybe reduce the amount of blood used to try and get an R. It didn't work. They still got an R rating. Um, but uh, well, I'll try, I'll try, I'll try, DW, I'll try to figure Henry at his head in his head. Are you thinking, are you talking about his girlfriend? Are you talking about Linda or are you talking about because his girlfriend is the one that like bit his hand? Are you talking about That's that one Linda. Or... Yeah. Yeah. When he had the head in the lap. Oh yeah, yeah that's that was, that's Linda's head. That's Linda's that's head. The, that's that, that's his girlfriend. Yeah, that's yeah. his girlfriend. Yeah. Him red is the old lady in the basement. Yeah. Uh, well, no, no, but yeah, but it was no, yeah, what it, yeah, that was one of the best. That was one of the best scenes. Or all of a sudden, ah, <laughs> the, the, hello, the, lover. And then, oh, and that's one of the best effects. <laughs> I, yeah, hello, lover. Her head in the lap. That's a great of the movie. They did a great job of that. Uh, okay, they so a, they did a great job with that. The best effect in the movie, and I don't think there's any debate over this. The best effect in the movie is I the blood geyser blood. from the wall. Oh, when they all oh, when they went in. Uh, yeah, you know what my you know what my favorite effect is. What's that? It's the it's all the furniture dancing. So okay, because, so because I wonder how they did. I mean, literally, I can tell you how they did it. Everything. In that fucking room was you, moving. I really it was need to impressive see, how they did that. I need to send you where you can watch this watching Bruce Campbell thing because what they did is everything in that scene, it's all got filament wires on it. So it's all got tiny That's little so, hairs on oh, okay. it. And they cleared out their production office. They had everybody who was in the building that day wow. working a wire, working a wire, making something move. Um let me get my camera to refocus. Yeah, they had everybody doing it that day. And it, you, you're right. That is a phenomenal shot. And it's it, it's done so well. It's done kind of peaceful. <laughs> but you got you got everything going in there. And the laughing, man. Yeah. The, but so, so how oh, – go, go ahead. You were going to talk about the blood guys. The blood guys are shot. So the blood guys are shot has got an interesting story behind it. So, so Bruce is – so Ash is now shooting – Trying to get the hand, shoots a couple yeah. of holes in the wall. Originally, what they were gonna do is, and you can you can see it in the movie for a second, they had these pumps that would squirt out the blood. The problem was it takes a couple of seconds for it to get up to speed. Oh, so it wasn't so enough it was, pressure. Yeah, it wasn't right enough pressure. So what they wound up doing is they wound up taking the set for the taking the set for the for the the room and rotating it on its side. And they took a 55-gallon drum of fake blood, and they set it up on top with a stopper at that hole. And then you had Bruce, literally, he, he's he's on a diving board, and they have his clothes over that. So he's on the diving board, and they set it up, and they, they let just a drop out to make sure it would land right it was supposed to, and it fell, and it hit him right in the forehead. And they're like, okay. And Sam asked, said, how long is it going to take 55 gallons of blood to drain out of this? And the effects guy stops and he thinks about it and he says, as long as it takes. Now, they're worried at this point because you basically have, have Bruce Campbell laying on his back directly underneath a geyser of blood. They're going to waterboard him with fake blood at this point. And so... <laughs> Sam tells Bruce, like, look, if this is too much, if you start to literally drown, just wave your arms around and we'll stop. So they set up the scene. There, Everybody's ready. They pull the plug. Bam! He's blasted with, with, 
I mean, it's not a it's not a small nah, stream. No. It's oh, like a no. basketball sized hole of fake blood, and he's flailing his arms around trying to get him to stop, and they just keep shooting yeah, the scene. <laughs> so, and then the next part of the scene is you can see that after they've done that is the the holes from the wall, the geysers where it's coming out of the wall, and that's coming out with a with a pump from a hose system. Um, yeah, so it's all of that fake blood. That and I do believe that still holds the 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 record for the most fake blood used in a single movie scene. <laughs> that is that is my gallons. That is in my opinion that's the best one in the film. But there's two other really good in my opinion, two other really good effect shots. The one is the whole scene with Linda's biting his hand. Yeah, yeah, the way that he that, that she held up to his hand, and I, I think that's what uh, DWG was going to too. Where you, she was just latched up, but they yeah. did a real good job, and he's trying to beat her head off on the counter and everything like that. And it, it was just like, was it was it like they she had looted it, or was he holding like some kind of? So they they didn't want it to look like he was just holding it in place. So it's literally, yeah. it's there, and there's a there's a because, because there's a strap that goes down. Yeah. yeah. There's a oh, strap okay. that goes to his wrist that to hold it all in place, but he could literally open his whole hand up like he like because it looks like he, so he's got his hand open desperately trying and and that that the mouth is still there. The the shots the way they go back and forth between the shot of the 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 wide shot to then the close shots of her literally biting his hand. It's just editing, but it looks so great and it's so well done. And him bashing it around which does lead to and we'll, we'll get to the rest of them one of my favorite one-liners in the whole in the whole movie and it's a it's a one-liner that only gets credit from people that really laugh at it and he's sitting there with this woman's mouth biting into his hand and what does he say work shed, work shed. <laughs> i know i know it is i know it is it's a or shit. And it's and, uh, and it's so badly done too because they also had to because the they had to redo the audio. So it's it's too loud. Was it badly done or was it was a genius? I think it was genius, man, because he's fine. I mean, he's by himself. He got no one else to talk to, right? He's fine the hand and he just turned look right at the camera. Or shit. Or shit. I mean, <laughs> like he knows where there's a, there's another another great story about this. So when Bruce Campbell was um working on Escape from LA with Kurt Russell, he's on set because he's, he's in that with him. He's on set, and Kurt Russell looks at him and says, hey, Bruce, say work shed. And Bruce is stunned. He's like, you mean that goofy throwaway line? He says, yeah, say it. He goes, work shed. And Kurt Russell's son was on set that day and loves Evil Dead and loved that. And that so it made his day. It absolutely made his day. So work shed. That's one of my favorite one-liners is that. But so the 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 hand, the Linda by the hand, but the other, I think, effect shot from that that I don't think gets enough credit that really should, and that is the makeup that they use for possessed Ash in the very beginning, oh, yeah. in the very beginning yeah. and at the end when everybody's getting possessed, when he's possessed, the way that they did his face and the, the yeah, they, the deep the, the like crater like the pits, yeah. the pits that his eyes become the, and the like pits in his eyes, that was really cool. Like how and much the, the cheekbones like come up, yeah, like out. like yeah, yeah. Yeah, they they did a good job with that. Oh, uh, she had, well, DWG, her favorite line. She was talking about she was comparing it to Indiana Jones, where it's always women in distress. But her line is uh, when he, she called him a coward. <laughs> He's like, well, how, how did the line go? He's like, come back here, or, or 
or yeah, you know, come help us or come back here, you coward. Idiot jokes, you coward. Well, I mean, half the movie is just Bruce looking to the camera and shouting no. I mean, he is. Yeah, he is. Was, yes, yes, because he was saying that that it was more and at that time. It was like now, of course, women are always so. Uh, you know, movies are so dominated. They got straight. They got, you know, but back then it was like women distressed. Hell, where's the man? So she was like, why do they always need a man to come save them kind of thing? But that's just how it was back then, though. But that was a great line, though. <laughs> you coward. <laughs> and he came back. And, you, yeah. You know what I liked was the, um, well, his hand gets possessed and, yeah. um, and 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 he's sitting there, and before you know the, the chainsaw, the way he looks into the camera or looks at the hand and, and begs, he's like, "Give me back my Give hand!" Give me back my hand. Yeah, that's a guy. That's a guy who's afraid. That's a guy who's. I mean, look, nothing good has happened to Ash through the course of two films here. Okay, all of his friends are dead. His girlfriend's dead. People he doesn't even know are dead. The the forest is trying to kill him. He's forced to drive an Delta a Delta eighty eight. I mean. <laughs> It wasn't, it wasn't even that either. They took his right hand. That was not that a line. They took his right hand the way, give me back he, my hand. Just give me back my hand. And it, it's kind of funny. If we want to, if we transitioning to the one-liners then, because I know we want to talk about that. There's yeah. a, that point right there marks a definitive point in the film and in the franchise where Ash changes because he yeah. knows what has to be done. And he grabs the chainsaw. He's kneeling on his own hand. And right before he cuts his hand off, he looks and he says, who's laughing now? Now. <laughs> and look, there are some good one-liners, especially in Army of Darkness. But in Evil Dead 2, there's not a lot of dialogue. But like that line and that moment, I think Ash realizes that he's got to take charge. He's got to take charge of his own destiny. And the only person that's going to get him out of this at all is himself. He can't rely on the professor. He can't rely on any of his friends. The the police aren't coming. The the bridge is trashed. He's he's the only person in charge of his destiny right there is him. And he's like, fuck it. Who's laughing now? And cuts <laughs> off his own hand with a chainsaw. <laughs> but but you know and then that then is going to the lights is when he is like when she did when she does the uh uh do the do the reading the chat to you know mm -hmm. and it, it starts to send them back and he's like how do you stop it it's like <laughs> how do you stop this how do, how do you stop yep <laughs> i mean it's true which is cool so how did they do that effect when they were when he was up floating into the force to go into the tunnel to go back into Oh that's the, all done that's all done on a chroma. That, that's all done on a okay, chroma screen. Okay, yeah. so okay, so it was yeah. just all just simple stuff. It yeah. wasn't nothing uh no, too no creative. Rigs. No rigs for that one. But it's still still I mean look, the, the course, film the way that the they well, <sighs> So Groovy is Groovy's kind of a funny line because they wanted Ash to say something that seemed so completely out of place. Remember, this is shot in, the, in 87. No one's saying groovy. No one said, like, that is not common vernacular. So for him to say that, it's completely out of place. And it, it again, you've got this, this, that shift in the character. And for him to say that, um, it's so, so good. But but it's the way you know that it's the it's the way that the scene was delivered. 
the, the scene delivery itself makes the line good. Is because when he cuts the, you know, when he when he, you know, they of course they use their their quick cuts to do the. Where they're you know, where they're make, the montage to making the, yeah, the chainsaw the, hand, yeah, the chainsaw, yeah. But it's the way that he cut off the shotgun, the double barrel that just made that line so good. He was like, because he used his elbow to yep. break it off, right? He was like, <clears throat> like a man, man. You know what I'm saying? See now, <laughs> a lot of people bring that up, how he smacks it off with his elbow, or the whole montage. There's something to that scene though that, to me, as an engineer, stands out. If you've got one hand and it's holding a shotgun, how are you going to start a chainsaw? And they answered that question. And I I don't see that very often on people doing the cosplay. And it's a it's a small shot. The hook. Yeah, he's got a hook yeah, on like, on the strap that he can you see if he's of course you'll see if you see as many times as we saw it, but yeah. other people probably didn't really even notice it. But yeah. So yeah, so that's yeah, he how hooks you it. The, he he hooks the, the starter knob on there and, and goes. And it's great. Although there is once or twice where he starts it with his mouth. Like, come on, dude. Anybody who's used a chainsaw knows you're not starting a fucking chainsaw with your mouth. <laughs> Suspend disbelief hey, for a moment. Um there's another there's another one-liner in there that isn't ashes that I really love. And that's the I'll swallow your soul, I'll swallow your soul. Like it. that's so good. Like like Oh no, I know. Swallow this. That is probably my favorite line in the movie. I swallow your soul, I swallow your soul. Yeah. Swallow this. <laughs> I mean, swallow this is great. I mean, that's great. But the 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 usually, you know, your your big nasty villains have like big monologues and they're they're speaking yeah. i mean you you've got tim curry and legend being eloquent as that big horn devil but i mean you just got this nasty demon thing i swallow your soul i swallow your soul i mean that's perfect you know you, there's 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 uh john malkovich there's jeremy irons and then there's the demon so i mean you're not gonna get a jeremy can you imagine there's jeremy irons as the demon right he's like and and how did you feel about your soul today? Do you feel like we should possess it forever? <laughs> well, I mean, you've got like 20, 20, 20 minutes and like, all right, can I just finally kill you now, demon? <laughs> well, I mean, you've got like Julian Sands in Warlock. I mean, you basically have that there. I mean, <laughs> 20 minute speeches before they die and shit. <laughs> so, Man, I mean, was so quick. But, so how did you think about the scene where they're floating around in the, was it just like, out just too outdated now to watch you know where the where they're getting they're like, where she's getting sucked where he's getting sucked into the into the rift behind him yeah um, they're like join us or whatever they're oh. not gonna survive that one where you know they're above the cellar and she's talking and then the guy's up there and he's like ah, you know like was, floating around and stuff it's so well done because it's i mean yeah i mean for the effects wise i mean look we're looking at it with jaded eyes i mean even when we started watching it it was kind of hinky but um <laughs> there's so much to it there's so much to that scene where join us is a common theme that comes that i mean it's that's, said it's said the house says it when he's standing out front for crying out loud i mean that's join that's us. It, You've got no choice. You're going. They're going to consume. They'll swallow your soul. You'll be one of them. You'll join them. It's 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 so well done. So well put together. Oh man, DWG two twenty one. Wow, you were twenty one. You know. <laughs> so okay. So so how were you? So so Evil Dead one and two, of course, have their own flavor. 
Army of Darkness, Evil Dead 3 is a completely different film. Um, it's got more one-liners. It's got more comedy. Do you think that it feels... Evil Dead 3, Army of Darkness, do you feel like it feels like part of the trilogy or it's its own kind of standalone? I don't know. It's part of the trilogy, man. You, you, I mean, that's the whole thing. I, I Really, as far as... Um... Well, I, okay. As far as the truth, then they're making other Evil Deads. But as far as to lead to the show, you need both. You know, well, uh, you have to have Army uh, Doctors to, to get to Ash vs. Evil Dead. Yeah. But but do I do I feel I I, I feel like it was uh how can I put it? I I think it was a good. I I mean I love Army of Darkness too. So I, I love it's, both it's of great, them. Yeah. And I think I think I think it feel I feel like it was a true continuation of the series because mm-hmm. they never took away. From how powerful the evil is and the soul and, and and the possession, right? Yeah. No matter what, and then and, and the whole going back of tricking people, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you, you become evil and then you trick them. Is when you think of it, is is not really that much different from the thing in theory, mm-hmm. right? Is that you become human, then you get people by themselves, and then you turn them, right? Yeah. But that's the thing that you trust that you know they. Oh, I love you. Come here. Mm. Let's go somewhere. The next thing you know, I'm gonna swallow you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I, I mean, I, I think in that regard, it, they really did stick to it. Which DWG will be watching Army of Darkness. By the way, I just let you know that, All right? <laughs> She's like, huh? no, she watch Army of Darkness. It's a big difference. The budget is much bigger. What, what was the budget comparison from Army of Darkness? Oh, I don't even know. It's got to be. It's got to be like ten to fifteen million. Even even more than than Evil Dead Two. I mean, there are so many more effect shots, so many more elaborate scenes, and and I mean, and the cost of just rebuilding the Delta eighty eight just to drop it off of a crane. Um, funny funny story well, about that. Funny. Funny, funny story about that. So that car, the Delta 88, has been in every Sam Raimi film. It's been in Dark Man. It's been in Drag Me to Hell. It's been in Spider-Man. Uh, mm-hmm. But for the beginning of Army Darkness, um, Bruce Campbell hates that car. He's hated that car. He spent his high school days in that car. So they had found a stunt. Was it, was it, was it, was it his actual car? That's Sam Raimi's actual car, yeah. So oh, Sam Raimi's <laughs> so in the beginning of Army of Darkness, and you see it at the beginning, or it's at the very end of... of um, at the very end of Evil Dead Two, in the beginning of Army of Darkness, they drop the car, and 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 know, breaks, yeah. so the beginning of Army of Darkness, they drop the car, and they had brought in a stunt vehicle to have that done, and Bruce Campbell paid the operators like a thousand bucks to swap out the actual car. So Sam Raimi's actual Delta eighty eight gets dropped off a crane and smashes. Uh, yeah. And and Raimi paid uh, a, a very large amount of money to have that car rebuilt from scratch. Wow. Yep. Damn, son. What it, <laughs> it, okay, so let me but before we close out the show, what is your favorite Sam Raimi film? Very interesting. Probably He did Sam Raimi. Did, he did Spider Man one and two, right? Spider Man one and two. Yep, and then he just did Multiverse of Madness as well. Yeah, I, I would probably say my favorite Sam Raimi film is probably Spider Man two. Spider Man two. Mine weirdly is Drag Me to Hell. Um, I loved Drag Me to Hell. Um, Dark Man's great. Don't get me wrong. I love Dark Man too. Oh but, um, God, I hated Dark Man. Dark, Man. Dark Man's great. Dark Man's a Dark great Man, film. Dark Man suck. But um, Drag Me to Hell, I think, is was his return to horror. 
I yeah. love that film. I love the way that he put it together and everything that went into it. The effects, the story, the writing, the acting. Man, I'm trying, I got I gotta I gotta look at it again, man. It's been a while since I've seen yeah. Me to Hell. Actually, I, I probably would put that on my list it's to really see again. One. Did you but, see you know, did you see the Evil Dead remake, the last one from like twenty thirteen or so? Yeah, it was it was good. It was awesome. I enjoyed it. Right. I enjoyed it. It had it had it had moments. Yeah, I mean they they already try to go in there and make you know they did the whole thing of making the woman a super character. The women are passive characters. They need a man to come save them. Man got to be the hero. Hmm. Yeah, I just I just try to see how pissed off she gonna get. Are you gonna go and see Evil Dead Rise? Uh, yeah, I'm I'm excited for that. The 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 trailer for that looks amazing. Oh, it does look amazing. But do you think it's too? I just I just hope it's not too too much uh, CG. I don't yeah, think it, it. I think because it's, it's not going to be overkill. I hope no. it's not overkill. But, well, because it's Sam Raimi, you know how much he loves practical effects. He loves that. Yeah. I, and Bruce Campbell's a producer on that as well. I think. I think it's really going to be grounded and centered. And I hear nothing but good things about it. Yeah. So. All right, folks. Well, look, you've wasted yet another perfectly good hour with us, and we absolutely appreciate it. If you have not seen Evil Dead Two, I hope we have given you enough reason to watch it. Or if you have seen it and haven't seen it in a while, take the time. Rewatch the whole trilogy, um, and then watch Ash vs. Evil Dead from Stars. That was um, Stars or Showtime. Showtime. Um, that was Showtime. that was really I good too. Three seasons, three, yeah, three seasons. Three seasons of that. Yeah, seasons. with with Lucy Lawless, she does she does show up in that too. Um, a really good show. Really good show. Really enjoyed that. It was it was good. Um, yeah. So, folks, look, uh, remember, you can join us here live almost every Friday night, 9.30 p.m. in the East, 6.30 p.m. in the West, at twitch.tv forward slash blather show. We will encourage you, because in the next couple of weeks, we're going to be doing a show that if you do not watch it live, you will not understand it, because the goddamn podcast will not get this. This is It'll be a podcast show, but the podcast will make no sense. Trust me, you have to see this episode. Probably, probably about two weeks, you think? Maybe two weeks? Yeah, two weeks we'll do. So. Yeah, we'll do some extra, 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 extra promotion for that one. But you're, you're going to want to be around for that one because it's going to be a very visually oriented show. So remember, you can find Whoa. us. Huh? What? Huh? What? What? I want to know how the fuck you cured your cough so fast. <laughs> you are hacking up a little. What is this? What cough drop? Cough drop? Halls? Halls? No, no, I've been eating them constantly. I've had three of them. Are you kidding me? The podcast will probably hear it clicking around in my mouth the entire fucking time. I'm gonna come back and listen to this here. Click, 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 and then me slightly crunching on it. It's all right, man. You you only talk for like 20 minutes, two segments, so it's all right, man. You know we Ugh, love you, man. man. We know you love the movie, man. It I love this movie. It's one of my all time favorites. Yeah, it, it happens sometimes on the show where you get so involved with something <clears throat> so exciting. <coughs> so, yeah. You transcend sickness in order to love the content. All right, folks. So you can find us live here every week. And remember, if we're not live. You find us in the archive. You can get us wherever you get your podcasts, whether that be on Android, iOS, or Spotify. And maybe even other places soon. I don't know. I'm still trying to figure out that one out. So, Decaf, what's your final thought of the night to take us out? My final thought of the night is groovy. (laughs) Good night, folks. Good night.